0: Listen to God's Word for November 27th. Today's reading includes 2 Thessalonians 2 and 3 and Acts 18 and 19. May God bless this reading of His Word. 2 Thessalonians 2 Now concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, and our being gathered together to him, we ask you, brothers, not to be easily disconcerted or alarmed by any spirit or message or letter seeming to be from us, alleging that the day of the Lord has already come. Let no one deceive you in any way, for it will not come until the rebellion occurs and the man of lawlessness, the son of destruction, is revealed." He will oppose and exalt himself above every so-called God or object of worship. So he will seat himself in the temple of God, proclaiming himself to be God. Do you not remember that I told you these things while I was still with you? And you know what is now restraining him, so that he may be revealed at the proper time. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work but the one who now restrains it will continue until he is taken out of the way. And then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord Jesus will slay with the breath of his mouth and annihilate by the majesty of his arrival. The coming of the lawless one will be accompanied by the working of Satan with every kind of power, sign, and false wonder and with every wicked deception directed against those who are perishing, because they refused the love of the truth that would have saved them. For this reason, God will send them a powerful delusion so that they believe the lie, in order that judgment may come upon all who have disbelieved the truth and delighted in wickedness. But we should always thank God for you, brothers who are loved by the Lord, because God has chosen you from the beginning to be saved by the sanctification of the Spirit and by faith in the truth. To this He called you through our gospel, so that you may share in the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, brothers, stand firm and cling to the traditions we taught you, whether by speech, or by letter. Now may our Lord Jesus Christ Himself and God our Father, who by grace has loved us and given us eternal comfort and good hope, encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good word and deed. 2 Thessalonians 3 Finally, brothers, pray for us. THAT THE WORD OF THE LORD MAY SPREAD QUICKLY AND BE HELD IN HONOR, JUST AS IT WAS WITH YOU. AND PRAY THAT WE MAY BE DELIVERED FROM WICKED AND EVIL MEN, FOR NOT EVERYONE HOLDS TO THE FAITH. BUT THE LORD IS FAITHFUL, AND HE WILL STRENGTHEN YOU AND GUARD YOU FROM THE EVIL ONE. AND WE HAVE CONFIDENCE IN THE LORD THAT YOU ARE DOING AND WILL CONTINUE TO DO WHAT WE COMMAND. May the Lord direct your hearts into God's love and Christ's perseverance. Now we command you, brothers, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, to keep away from any brother who leads an undisciplined life that is not in keeping with the tradition you received from us. For you yourselves know how you ought to imitate us, because we were not undisciplined among you nor did we eat anyone's food without paying for it. Instead, in labor and toil, we worked night and day, so that we would not be a burden to any of you. Not that we lack this right, but we wanted to offer ourselves as an example for you to imitate. For even while we were with you, we gave you this command, If anyone is unwilling to work, he shall not eat. Yet we hear that some of you are leading undisciplined lives and accomplishing nothing but being busybodies. We command and urge such people by our Lord Jesus Christ to begin working quietly to earn their own living. But as for you, brothers, do not grow weary in well-doing. Take note of anyone who does not obey the instructions we have given in this letter. Do not associate with him, so that he may be ashamed. Yet do not regard him as an enemy, but warn him as a brother. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times and in every way. The Lord be with all of you. This greeting is in my own hand. Paul. This is my mark in every letter. It is the way I write. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with all of you. Acts 18 After this, Paul left Athens and went to Corinth. There he found a Jew named Aquila, a native of Pontus, who had recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla because Claudius had ordered all the Jews to leave Rome. Paul went to visit them and he stayed and worked with them because they were tentmakers by trade, just as he was. Every Sabbath he reasoned in the synagogue, trying to persuade Jews and Greeks alike. And when Silas and Timothy came down from Macedonia, Paul devoted himself fully to the word, testifying to the Jews that Jesus is the Christ. But when they opposed and insulted him, he shook out his garments and told them, Your blood be on your own heads, I am innocent of it. From now on I will go to the Gentiles. So Paul left the synagogue and went next door to the house of Titus Justus, a worshiper of God. Crispus, the synagogue leader, and his whole household believed in the Lord, and many of the Corinthians who heard the message believed and were baptized. One night the Lord spoke to Paul in a vision, Do not be afraid. Keep on speaking. Do not be silent. For I am with you, and no one will lay a hand on you, because I have many people in this city. So Paul stayed for a year and a half, teaching the word of God among the Corinthians. While Gallio was proconsul of Achaia, the Jews coordinated an attack on Paul, and brought him before the judgment seat. This man is persuading the people to worship God in ways contrary to the law, they said. But just as Paul was about to speak, Gallio told the Jews, If this matter involved a wrongdoing or vicious crime, O Jews, it would be reasonable for me to hear your complaint. But since it is a dispute about words and names and your own law, settle it yourselves. I refuse to be a judge of such things. And he drove them away from the judgment seat. At this the crowd seized Sosthenes, the synagogue leader, and beat him in front of the judgment seat. But none of this was of concern to Gallio. Paul remained in Corinth for quite some time before saying goodbye to the brothers. He had his head shaved in Synchreia, to keep a vow he had made. And then he sailed for Syria, accompanied by Priscilla and Aquila. When they reached Ephesus, Paul parted ways with Priscilla and Aquila. He himself went into the synagogue there and reasoned with the Jews. When they asked him to stay for a while longer, he declined. But as he left, he said, I will come back to you if God is willing and he set sail from Ephesus. When Paul had landed at Caesarea, he went up and greeted the church at Jerusalem. Then he went down to Antioch. After Paul had spent some time in Antioch, he traveled from place to place throughout the region of Galatia and Phrygia, strengthening all the disciples. Meanwhile, a Jew named Apollos, a native of Alexandria, came to Ephesus. He was an eloquent man, well-versed in the Scriptures. He had been instructed in the way of the Lord and was fervent in spirit. He spoke and taught accurately about Jesus, though he knew only the baptism of John. And he began to speak boldly in the synagogue. When Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they took him in and explained to him the way of God more accurately. When Apollos resolved to cross over to Achaia, the brothers encouraged him and wrote to the disciples there to welcome him. On his arrival, he was a great help to those who by grace had believed. For he powerfully refuted the Jews in public debate, proving from the Scriptures that Jesus is the Christ. Acts 19 While Apollos was at Corinth, Paul passed through the interior and came to Ephesus. There he found some disciples and asked them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you became believers? No, they answered. We have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Into what then were you baptized? Paul asked. The baptism of John, they replied. Paul explained, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance— He told the people to believe in the one coming after him, that is, in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. There were about twelve men in all. Then Paul went into the synagogue and spoke boldly there for three months, arguing persuasively about the kingdom of God. But when some of them stubbornly refused to believe and publicly maligned the way, Paul took his disciples and left the synagogue to conduct daily discussions in the lecture hall of Tyrannus. This continued for two years, so that everyone who lived in the province of Asia, Jews and Greeks alike, heard the word of the Lord. God did extraordinary miracles through the hands of Paul, so that even handkerchiefs and aprons that had touched him were taken to the sick, and the diseases and evil spirits left them. Now, there were some itinerant Jewish exorcists who tried to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those with evil spirits. They would say, I bind you by Jesus, whom Paul proclaims. Seven sons of Siva, a Jewish chief priest, were doing this. Eventually, one of the evil spirits answered them, Jesus I know, and I know about Paul, but who are you? Then the man with the evil spirit jumped on them and overpowered them all. The attack was so violent that they ran out of the house naked and wounded. This became known to all the Jews and Greeks living in Ephesus, and fear came over all of them. So the name of the Lord Jesus was held in high honor. Many who had believed now came forward confessing and disclosing their deeds. And a number of those who had practiced magic arts brought their books and burned them in front of everyone. When the value of the books was calculated, the total came to fifty thousand drachmas. So the word of the Lord powerfully continued to spread and prevail. After these things had happened, Paul resolved in the Spirit to go to Jerusalem after he had passed through Macedonia and Achaia. After I have been there, he said, I must see Rome as well. He sent two of his helpers, Timothy and Erastus, to Macedonia while he stayed for a time in the province of Asia. About that time, there arose a great disturbance about the way. It began with a silversmith named Demetrius, who made silver shrines of Artemis, bringing much business to the craftsmen. Demetrius assembled the craftsmen along with the workmen in related trades. Men, he said, you know that this business is our source of prosperity. And you can see and hear that not only in Ephesus, but in nearly the whole province of Asia, Paul has persuaded a great number of people to turn away. He says that man-made gods are no gods at all. There is danger not only that our business will fall into disrepute, but also that the temple of the great goddess Artemis will be discredited and her majesty deposed. She who is worshipped by all the province of Asia and the whole world. When the men heard this, they were enraged and began shouting, Great is Artemis of the Ephesians! Soon the whole city was in disarray. They rushed together into the theater, dragging with them Gaius and Aristarchus, Paul's traveling companions from Macedonia. Paul wanted to go before the assembly but the disciples would not allow him. Even some of Paul's friends, who were officials of the province of Asia, sent word to him, begging him not to venture into the theater. Meanwhile, the assembly was in turmoil. Some were shouting one thing and some another, and most of them did not even know why they were there. The Jews in the crowd pushed Alexander forward to explain himself and he motioned for silence so he could make his defense to the people. But when they realized that he was a Jew, they all shouted in unison for about two hours, Great is Artemis of the Ephesians! Finally, the city clerk quieted the crowd and declared, Men of Ephesus, doesn't everyone know that the city of Ephesus is guardian of the temple of the great Artemis and of her image, which fell from heaven? Since these things are undeniable, you ought to be calm and not do anything rash. For you have brought these men here, though they have neither robbed our temple nor blasphemed our goddess. So if Demetrius and his fellow craftsmen have a complaint against anyone, the courts are open and proconsuls are available. Let them bring charges against one another there. But if you are seeking anything beyond this it must be settled in a legal assembly. For we are in jeopardy of being charged with rioting for today's events, and we have no justification to account for this commotion. After he had said this, he dismissed the assembly. Thanks for listening, and join us tomorrow as we listen to God's Word. Questions or comments? Email us at info.com at listen